know you got your first leadership gig, loving the new role, but feeling the pressure of your new responsibilities and all that expectation to perform? Well, don't worry, you're not alone. Crossing the chasm from a technical role to leadership, from doing stuff to managing and leading people is the toughest challenge any leader must make. Welcome to the Human Edge Show, the podcast dedicated to help you do just that, successfully cross the doing to leading chasm. Campbell Such here, Chief Chasm Crossing Guide. I've made all the mistakes so you don't have to. I want to help you learn those lessons much more easily by sharing my experiences and talking with brilliant people who have already figured it out. You'll get great actionable tips, strategies and techniques to make the transition so much easier and faster for you. Now let's get to it. Well, welcome to the Human Edge Show. I'm Campbell Such and today I'm really excited to welcome Andrew Nimick to the to the show. Welcome, Andrew. Thank, it's great to have you on board. Awesome. No, thanks for inviting me along. I'm really, really pleased to be here, Campbell. Fantastic. Thanks, Andrew. Really, really glad you could make the, the time this morning. Andrew's had a varied career path from rifleman in the British Army through health and safety and into technology, where he found he was good at building strong software delivery teams. Always excited by the opportunities of technology, Andrew now focuses on the human side of the innovation equation, helping others become more effective in teams or in leadership. This can be as part of a transformation in coaching, in agile, or helping organizations move to digital. A big advocate for DevOps, which is where I first met Andrew in a seminar on DevOps uh, with Red Hat, and agile. Andrew has spoken at a number of conferences on these subjects. So welcome, Andrew. So just to kick off, what's something that not many people would know about you? Uh... Yeah, I was thinking about this the other day, and I'm afraid I'm a little bit of an open book. Um, I probably share too much, but um, it, was, it made me laugh the other day. My son was kind of whinging about something, and um, yeah, a lot of people, I eat the vegetables that other people don't like, so um, broad beans, Brussels sprouts, and believe it or not, cabbage. <laughs> so, but I do, I have to say, of the three of those, Broad beans, I just, yeah, I love them. Absolutely love them. Don't know why, just do. <laughs> <laughs> That's absolutely fantastic, Andrew. I know in the, in, the, um, in the conversation we were having before we started, we talked about some of the previous podcasts and one of the guys, uh, Oliver Hill, from the country manager from HP, is allergic to, to broad beans. So, uh, so oh, no, life would be worth doing. <laughs> you can just send them all my way then. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go, Oliver. Somewhere to send those broad beans when you find them. Uh, so just looking back over your career, Andrew, what, um, what, what led you into leadership and, and, and how did you feel in your first leadership role? Um, I think actually thinking back over it, I think my first leadership role, um, so although I was an NCO in the army and one of the, one of the things I discovered when I got given stripes on my arm was that before I had stripes, I used to ask people to do things and they, they just kind of did them. And then as soon as I got the stripes on my arm, people resisted. Um, <laughs> and it was like, oh, okay. So I had to kind of work through that. But I think my first real, what I think of as my first real leadership role was actually a voluntary one. Um, I somehow stepped in to become, to, to become a scout leader. Um, and ended up as what was what back then was called the group scout leader, which means I was responsible for all the activities in the in the, the hut, if you like, um, for all the age groups. Um, 
And that taught me an awful lot. Um, someone, once, someone else I was once talking to said that um, he felt that having been in leadership for many years made him a better parent. Um, and I think actually having to look after children um, in a scouting context made me a lot more um, empathic and a lot more tentative to what was really going on. Um, so yeah, so that was, I, I thought I really enjoyed it and picked up a whole lot of ways of looking after people or working with people that um, maybe is missed elsewhere. So it was an interesting one. Really interesting comment about uh, getting your stripes and having people resist it. So it's an interesting thing around human yeah. psychology, isn't it? Is that if you, oh, it is. Yes. If, if you have to do something, you just don't want to do it. And, and, uh, and yeah. so as, as a leader, if you can find your way around that, people feeling they have to do things, perhaps stuff becomes a little easier for everyone, the leader and the people doing things. Um, getting well, there, was the, there, was a, there was a thing that I was once told when I was in the army was that, that and I'm not 100% sure of the truth of this, but um, the, the idea is that, that if an officer has to give an order, he's already failed, or she. Because, But when I was in the army, there was you know very few female officers. Um, so yeah, when an officer has to give an, off, an order, they've already failed, which yeah. is an interesting way of putting it. It, it is interesting, isn't it? Because we think of the military as being command and control, but, but actually my, my, my fairly uh, shallow, I guess, experience with, with military people in terms of the way they run organizations and the research that I've done, it would appear that the best leaders don't run command and control in the, in organization, in the military. And, uh, and that, that matches up with, what, uh, with, with that idea, right? That concept. Yeah. So, yeah. It's one of the reasons I use, I fall back on a lot in my experience in the military when I'm explaining agile, um, which we can could go into either here or, or another podcast another day but yeah it's, it's um it, the, the command and control thing really really breaks down or not breaks down but is perceived in error i would say yeah you, you can order someone to do something but you can't make them want to do it right and that's the i, I guess that's one of the, the key differences yeah so so looking looking back across your career were there any epiphanies that particularly stood out or stand out for you when you look back uh, things that, that made a big difference to you? Um, lots, probably. But yeah, I think one of them, one of them was, was um, and I was, I was thinking how to explain this earlier this morning, and it's, it's you know, my word, we, and I came up with a Venn diagram. My goodness, we love our Venn diagrams in this, tech, in this business, don't we? You know? <laughs> Where would we be without three interlocking circles? It's yeah. like, you know. But I was thinking you, you can have, um, someone once asked me, what's the difference between a manager and a leader? Um, and I'd actually say, and this is where the Venn diagram comes in is, you know, a lot of people have written pieces on this and, you know, and tried to make out there's some huge difference. And actually there isn't because a good leader uses a lot of good management skills. You can have a good manager who's not a good leader you can have a good leader who's not a good manager and you can have a leader who's a manager. And so, you know, it's, it's one of the things is in there is don't, you know, don't automatically taint people with, with the same brush. Don't, don't kind of, you know, go for generalist generalizations in that respect. So, you know, um, and you can have you can have a leader who really paints the path where we need to go, how we need to get there, and they have all the details. 
but they really do need someone else who does all the running around um, and managing and making sure all the pieces kind of are where they are because, you know, that's not the person's thing. So, you know, I suppose that that's probably the point there is a good, good leader actually makes sure that they know their weaknesses as well as their strengths and, and put someone in who can help them fill those, those parts. Yeah, that, that's great. That's uh, really powerful. And, and the fact that, that you can have a good manager and, and not be a good leader, not be able to paint the path and, and a great leader that's not a, not a great manager. And how would you, you painted a picture for what you see as a leader around painting the path and taking people on a journey. How would you paint the picture for a, a, a manager uh, as distinct from a leader? In what, I'm not sure I understand. So if you were the manager, how would you paint the path or... No, if you so a leader, a leader is someone with a vision that takes people on a journey. What is a manager, yeah. and how does that compare to a leader? I think the manager is, is the person that makes sure everything gets done. So they're focused on on the, the they're focused on the here and the now and the operations and the activity. Okay. Um, in you know, again, maybe it's it's framed a little bit so. Um, one of the, the devices that was used in the, or is used in the army is the sergeants. There's an old saying that the sergeants run the army. And what that is, is where the, the officer is thinking about the strategy and how we do this thing. The sergeant's making sure that everyone's got their ammo. Um, <laughs> right. They've all got what they need and all of these bits. They take care of the admin as well. Um, so I think that's the difference to me is, 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 you know, fundamentally, and like I say, you can get leaders who are good managers or managers that are good leaders. Um, it, it's, but I think that's the, the difference is their focus is getting stuff done. And I've worked with people who just absolutely blow me away on their efficiency and their effectiveness and their focus on detail, you know. Um, and I'll be honest, you know, sometimes I'm kind of already over here going, <laughs> we're going this way. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, hang on, we haven't got the things lined up first. <laughs> so, yeah. And perhaps one of the keys coming out of that too, which has been one of the epiphanies in my career, is just around working out what it is that you're really good at, your strengths, the things that you're good at and you like doing, and yeah. try and build more of that into your role and less of the stuff you don't like doing. So if you're a yeah. great leader and you don't, and the doing doing the detail stuff isn't for you, then find someone else who that's their strength and and uh, and work with them to build build a partnership that can really help both. In terms of uh, in terms of what one of the biggest challenges with a with a lot of organisations, and if you look at the Gallup stats, the, the decisions that we make to hire people into leadership roles are, are mostly wrong. Gallup says eighty two percent of hires into management roles are wrong. I mean, it's just an astonishing statistic. And it's, but it's not changed in years. What, what do you, what, as, a, as a technical person, mm -hmm. uh, having gone, become a, an expert in whatever you do, a, a software tester, a DevOps manager, a help desk uh, person, how, and then trying to make that decision about where you go next. Do you go into leadership or do you carry on down a technical role? Do you have any thoughts around how you might, uh, as a leader, assess whether the people in your team and the people that report to you uh, are better suited, you know, talking about strengths, are better suited to go down one path or the other and then help them uh, uh, work out for themselves whether or not that's the right decision and then, and then encourage them on that path? Yeah, it, it's, it's an important aspect of leadership. Um, I coined a phrase when I was at NZME, um, 
was mentor the mentors, which basically meant that the approach I took was I would spend mentoring time with my leadership team, helping them to be able to mentor then people so that they could identify who would be their replacement in their squad if they left, you know, so that, the you know, if they were offered a better job somewhere or whatever, or just, you know, career progression, et cetera, they could give me that name. They'd say, this is the person I think could step up. Um, and I think it's, it's, it's spending time in order to understand that and be able to make those decisions. I think we have a flawed approach and I'll be honest about this. I was discussing it with a friend the other day. I think we have a flawed approach to the way that we um, do one-to-ones with people. Um, the way that we that we progress people, um, and I think a lot of it is down to the fact that um, we don't spend enough time with those people. So if you think about it, if you if your if your engagement with with a member of your leadership team is a possible once weekly or once fortnightly one to one, where that ends up as a discussion about what are you working on not what are your aspirations and problems, then, you know, that can easily lead to the wrong decisions because the metric that you're using to make a decision about who to hire and put into a management role is based on, you know, the amount of activity they're doing. You don't really know what's the impact they're having on the people around them. You've not, have you observed them with, with other members of the team? Have you seen that they actually are the ones that typically will step forward to help another member of the team? You know, so are they good at the job and do people respect them? You know, um, activity isn't a measure of good at your job. It's just a measure of that you've got lots of activity going on. So, um, yeah, and I think that's that's one of the things I look for. Um, we, we mentioned a, a, a Another, acquaint, another mutual acquaintance earlier. And one of the things I did when hiring him was I actually watched the, uh, the members of the team that would be reporting to him. So I actually had them interview him because he was brand new to us. And I watched how they engaged with him. Now I'd watched how they'd engaged with the three other applicants that they'd interviewed. And I chose him because when he spoke, they all leaned in. So what that told me straight away was that he engaged them. They respected what he had to say. They immediately would follow what he was suggesting to do. And that's exactly how it worked out. So I think, but I think, you know, the metrics we use for hire, for for moving someone up the, the, you know, from uh, a doer to a manager are a little bit, little bit skewed. And that's clearly what the Gallup polls tell us as well. And all, you know, too many organizations give someone a management position so that they can give them more money. <laughs> you know, we know where that ends up too. So it's it's not a good approach. Yeah, anyway. yeah it's interesting, isn't it? Because that, that that's a, a really double-edged sword and it cuts both ways as well. So the 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 organization wants to recognize that person and give them more money. And the only place they, the only path they've got to do that is through moving them into leadership and management, which they may not be particularly well suited for, but they were really good at their job and therefore you want to recognize them. And the other challenge with that, and I've seen it plenty of times, is that you put someone into a management role that really 
thrives on doing stuff and the shiny things and and getting stuff done rather than being really focused on helping achieve things through other people and you put them into a world of pain and ultimately it, it causes problems for them it demoralizes the team that they're leading and generally what happens is they leave because and go back to a technical role in another organization because there's no path back within that organization and you've probably lost your best person which is in the team which is just bad all around right and, and all the costs associated with that that's uh that's fascinating so in terms of your your one-to-ones or, or you, the, the interactions that you have with your with with a team what would you suggest as a as a leader of leaders or, or just as a leader who has direct reports that are getting things done how do you manage that process so you get to know them better as a as a person how they interact with other people how effective they are do people lean in when they listen as opposed to just checking what they've got checked off on the list and working out when the deadline whether whether or not they're going to hit the deadline for the next three projects that they're working on what changes would you make to to that process to 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 make, make it as effective as possible that that make time that sounds bizarre but i know so many people in senior leadership roles or even junior leadership roles whose calendars are absolutely awful um and they're just in meetings all day long and nowhere in there are they actually making time to spend actually with their teams. So, um, and I know I'm not the only person that does this. I actually listened to a um, podcast, Stan McChrystal. I, some, I sometimes listen to his, his leadership podcasts as well. Um, <clears throat> interesting people he has on, but he had a, um, a lady who was a, a CEO of, in the retail industry um and you know one of her comments struck me was that the the covid lockdowns killed her leadership style because she would spend time walking the floor talking to people and um breaking down those barriers and i think that's one of the things is make time to actually go and sit with your teams you know even if it means kind of you know plonking yourself down with your laptop and doing some work from there um, and just hear what's what's going on around you, just be able to observe it. But, um, you know, one of the, the, the things I've, I've advised other people to try, which worked for me, was always when you go, when you go away and you have to you come back to, to your area of work or where your teams are, always do a circuit. Always walk through them. And that's what this lady was saying as well, was she always does this, you know. Always, always take the longest route possible back to your desk <laughs> so that you actually can hear what's going on around. You can, you can come across those, those conversations. Um, and just, you know, just making sure that you're grabbing, you're grabbing 20 minutes, five minutes every day to actually just stand or go for a coffee with your leaders and change the nature of the conversation so that it is, it is a house family How's things going? You know, what are you struggling with, etc. But don't ask them. And this again comes back to you know, um, in, in Agile, we're huge fans of the, the visual management boards. Um, you should know what work they're working on because it's transparent and it's available to you to see, not because you have to sit down and go through a checklist of what are you working on. You know, if it's up on the wall, what the team's doing. Why do you need to have that conversation? You could see it at a glance. So use other, other ways to deal with that question so that you can focus on the what do you need from me question. 
Yeah, wow. Which I think is one of the most powerful questions that a leader can ask is, what do you need from me? Because, you know, that's what you're there to remove obstacles. Yeah. Wow. Set the vision, set the path, get them get them heading down the path and then clear the way, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's wow. That, that's, that's fantastic. Andrew, um, in terms of a new leader, what advice would you give to a, a newly minted leader who's just come from a technical role and is now looking at this big leadership hill to climb where they've come from a, the, you know, the, the peak of, or near to the peak of a technical expertise where they were the, the kingpin and now they're looking up going, well, gee, where do I go from here? What, what are the key things as a new leader you, 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 could, you could advise that leader to focus on that might help them get a good start up that hill? I think one of the first things um, is sit down and write a little list of how do you how do you want to be as a leader. So, what are the good examples of leadership that you can see around you? You know, is there someone you know, or someone you might not know, but you you know a lot of um, who's who's an inspiration, who's someone that you want to model yourself on. So, so find that role model. Um, you know, what are those what are those attributes of their leadership style that you that, that work that resonates with you that you appreciate? Um, and and it's also not a bad idea to find yourself a, a negative role model. What are the attributes, behaviors of someone that you don't want to uh, to, to replicate? Because um, that's always a good check and balance to keep you to keep yourself on the path. And then um, think, you know, think hard. Have you. Was there a mentor that you were engaged with in the past um, that you can work with or find yourself, um, if you can, within your, your sphere, um, a mentor, someone, you know, someone who can coach you in leadership, someone who can, can ask some questions and keep you on track and get you to think differently about your challenges. Someone who's, who's actually removed from your chain of command because then they can bring a totally fresh perspective um and i you know and even sometimes and it comes back to i think my experience of organizations in in new zealand has been that we don't invest in our leaders enough and we don't support them enough in terms of training so you know ask your manager uh, your manager your leader ask your senior um if they're willing to help you find a mentor if that means paying someone to help you go for it because you know at the end of the day they can say no but they might say yes and have you that that say that's very sage advice uh having someone that's been there done that that can help you uh as a sounding board as Mm -hmm. uh as a coach and mentor, because I see them as being slightly different roles. Um, one's yeah. a sort of more yeah. of a telling role, whereas yeah. the mentor is more of a an asking role. Um, yeah. So, and would you suggest that you sit outside the chain of command? So that could be inside the organisation or outside the organisation, presumably. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And would you Just, have any yeah. any suggestions around the, the? You know, you've talked about go to your go to your boss and ask if they they'd fund it if it's a paid for thing. But a, a lot of mentors. Uh, it's not a pay for it's a it's a it's a, an arrangement that's um, someone helping someone else perhaps as they've you know further through their career looking to give back. What would you suggest is or do you have any suggestions for how you might go about 
uh, <laughs> finding a mentor and asking the question in a way that they're likely to say yes, what would you have to offer a mentor to, uh, to help uh, you? Um, there's, there's actually, there is a lot of, there are a lot of people, I've come across a lot of people um, who are totally happy to help somebody else in that way. Um, it really will come down to the how much time are you going to spend kind of thing. But, you know, there are, there are, there are a lot of people that you can meet either. You probably already know them, you know, um, LinkedIn's a great way to connect to people. Um, the event Ryan, the lion does a few quiet yarns is a great way to meet people without that, that actually is taking away the, what do you do? So you actually get to meet someone who resonates with you um, potentially. So um, there's lots of mechanisms. And then even if it's just, you know, trust me, it's worth it if you buy them a coffee, <laughs> you know, or, or treat them, you know, ask your mentor, can I buy you breakfast once a fortnight or once a month or something? Um, you know, um, and if you make it, you know, if, if you, and just keep it very informal, um, you know, even if it's just a friend who, who is someone that you can, who you know is more experienced and you can ask them, look, can I just use you as a sounding board? But I would really appreciate it. You know, um, your partner, even people overlook, they don't think, you know, but, but look at what your partner does. You know, why did you, why did you choose to be with that person? Will they actually ask you some hard questions if you, <laughs> you know, if you put it there? So there's lots of different ways um, of, of doing it, I think. And sometimes keeping it informal is really good. If you have a, if you're paying someone for mentorship, then it needs to be a lot more of a formal arrangement. You know, there's certain protections you need to put in place yep. around privacy and everything else. So, you know, that's, that's a thing to factor in. But yeah, you might even find it's somebody within your organization who you could reach out to, um, you know, a, set, a manager from a totally different department. Yeah, no, that's great. And buy them coffee or buy them breakfast that, that, and keep it informal. Yeah. Like they're, they're the, the key that's messages it. I'm getting from that. Yeah. Andrew, in terms of, sorry, say that again. Just find a way. Find a way. Yeah, that's right. So, in, in in terms of your experience, what are the biggest mistakes do you think that new leaders, bosses, or the leaders of leaders make when they put new leaders into the into their, especially into their first roles from a technical role? What what are the, the mistakes that those leaders make uh, that might make it more difficult for that new leader to really uh, get over the hump or get over the, that big chasm that they've got to climb from where they were technically to where they, to the leadership role and, and, and maximize their chances of success. What could those new, those leaders do to support that process? So I suppose the first thing is, did the, did the promoting manager, the promoting leader, the person that's created this new, this new junior leader, did they, did they read the room right? Are they throwing them into a position where actually you're going to get the, the, the situation I alluded to earlier where, you know, put stripes on my arm and everyone pushed back. <laughs> so, you know, are, are they going to be, is there going to be resentment from people in the team because they got the role, you know? Um, and so have you laid the groundwork for why you've chosen this person? Have you actually given them, you know, have you actually given them the support of making sure that everybody knows that, you know, they are acting 
as on your behalf, you know? And that, that's one of the things that a young leader's authority doesn't always come directly from the young leader. It comes from the person above, you know? So, you know, when they say something, they are speaking, they, they, you know, they're speaking for you. Is that the, is that the message that's got across? Um, that may sound a little bit command and controly, but it is true. You know, leaders, leaders in an organization reflect the leadership at the top. It's, they may have their own different style, but you're all trying to pull in the same direction to achieve the outcome set by the senior leader of the organization, the CEO or whoever. So it does kind of roll down that way a little bit um, in that respect, you know. And also, if the organization has chosen to make someone a manager or a leader, then, you know, it, it, sometimes it's up to the other people around have just got to kind of suck it up and get on with it. And, and treat that person with the respect that the organization wants them to. Yeah. So I think it's prepping the ground. Have you, have you done enough to prepare the people around this person to support him or her? Um, you know, have, 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 you, have you kind of, have you drawn out and explained their strengths and their skills? and why you're giving them this role and this opportunity. And that's to the rest of the team that you've yeah. perhaps promoted them out of so they can understand the, what your thinking was and, and why, you've, why you've done what you've done. <laughs> and again, if you've, if you've spent time observing that person in that team, that's going to be a lot easier. So the prep goes back again to, have you really observed that person in that team? Yeah. Or have you just done a one-to-one with them? <laughs> 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 yeah and and then i guess one of the other challenges too is of course as a, as a leader you've you put a new leader into that role but you've you may have a number of other direct reports um mm -hmm. could be more could be less plus yep. a whole bunch of kpis plus a bunch of projects plus the rest of your exec team um mm -hmm. and the rest of your role that makes making time to support that new leader a challenge yeah. Uh, but I think going back to your earlier comments, making the time would be one of the key things. Would that be right? Or do you have any other thoughts around what that leader could do? That, that's it, because it's, it's the first hurdle that I find so many people is making the time. If you can make the time, then the other bits start to fall into place. But that's, that's the first hurdle is actually fighting the, the myriad of, of demands on us. Yeah. To actually go, well, what's the most important thing here? And to be honest, the most important thing is if you put somebody into a junior leadership role and you don't support them, then their failure is on you. There's no two ways about it. It's not on them. It's on you, you know, because you're their leader. Yeah. That, that's, that is, that is powerful. It's that's something to, to really consider as a leader who's put someone into a new role. And because uh, so often you hear stories of new leaders that are in the sink or swim. They've just been thrown in the deep end and and uh, expected to succeed, right? And it's no wonder so many so many of the uh, us as new leaders really really struggle and um, and don't get the support that could really make a big difference. Yeah. Andrew, just before we wrap up, um, this has been wonderful. Is there anything that I haven't asked you that uh, that I should have? I suppose. No, I think I, I think the, the one thing I would want I would want to reiterate, if I may is that that notion of you know if you're given a, if you're given the opportunity of becoming a leader find that role model who is who is or can be more than one 
but you know what is that that what is that that those attributes who would you aspire to be um you know and why understand exactly why those attributes resonate with you and why you would want to emulate those things andrew that's Fantastic. Thank you for leaving us with that wise piece of advice. It's been uh, it's been a great chat. Really enjoyed it. And I uh, hope to have you back on the show again at some point in the future. Thanks very much. We'll see you later. Thanks a lot, Campbell. Take care. Cheers. Thank Bye. you. Thanks for listening. If you have a friend or a colleague who would benefit from this episode, please pass the word along. If you have a friend or a colleague who would not benefit, but you haven't been in touch with them for a while, give them a call. iTunes reviews are great to get the word out and to help me create the show that's most useful for you. And if you're frustrated or having challenges or would like some help, guidance, assistance with your first leadership role, then check out integrationcatalyst.com in the link in the podcast notes below. Or pass this on to your boss to nudge them to get you the help you really need to cross the doing to managing chasm and get you powered up on your leadership and management journey. Oh, and if you want to make sure you don't miss an episode, hit subscribe. Until next time.